This is Zealous, an in-depth look behind the scenes of legal matters straight from the attorneys of Gimbel, Riley, Garen, and Brown. Welcome to Zealous. I'm your host, Brianna Meyer, and this is the place to immerse yourself in the legal world. Today, we're discussing the importance of estate planning for young professionals with partner Dennis Regan. Since joining GRGB in 1986, Dennis has represented many organizations in a wide variety of business areas, including real estate, business law, estate and succession planning, and probate. Dennis brings a creative and practical approach to estate planning, utilizing his knowledge and common sense ideas to assist clients in the development of plans to distribute assets in a suitable and effective manner. When Dennis is not helping his clients settle current issues or planning for their future, he is heavily involved in the community, including acting as a board member for Be the Change, which provides healthcare and economic development to specific areas in Africa. Dennis is also involved in the firm's efforts on behalf of the ALS Association Wisconsin chapter. Dennis is not only very intelligent, but he's incredibly approachable and understanding. He's someone that truly cares and wants the best for all. In my opinion, his ability to empathize and to put himself in another's shoes is part of the reason that he's so successful in creating estate plans that are unique to each client. Dennis, I think that estate planning to non-attorneys can be a really foreign concept. So can we start from the very beginning? What even is an estate plan? Okay. I, and, and the state plan it basically is preparing and signing certain documents like a will, trust, various, a healthcare power attorney and a financial power attorney, and some other documents to avoid that helps us avoid probate and helps us get other advantages. Mm-hmm. So that you're, if you die or if you become incompetent, that your desires are met. So, the, you know, the first part is that. And the simplest way is that if I die, I want my assets to go mm-hmm. between these people. And right. that could be your children, it could be your siblings, it could be your, your parents, it could be charities, it could be friends, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or your partner, you know, your, your girlfriend, your fiance, whoever it might be. Uh, so you're directing where your assets go. If right. you don't have anything, then it goes according to the state statutes, which would, mm-hmm. you know, be your spouse or your kids, if, if you have any, or your parents, mm-hmm. and, and you know, that kind of thing. So you you're, you're so you do an estate plan to just basically say that, one, if I'm, in, if I'm incompetent, so therefore mm-hmm. your powers of attorney, so that somebody else can handle your affairs for you until you get better, or, or you know, rather than having to go to court and get a guardianship. Or, or if you die, look at here's where my assets go and who's in control of my assets mm-hmm. before they're distributed they're sold and that kind of thing so you that's what an estate plan is just directing what happens either in incompetency or more likely in death and when you say that you do it to avoid probate you mean going to court and fighting with people about it right well not necessarily <laughs> probate sometimes that's, that's just what i automatically jump to <laughs> yeah. no sometimes you know more likely you're going to court just because you don't have these documents done mm-hmm. and, and those are trusts and so the court you have to go and you have to file um, paperwork and make court appearances potentially and you have to publish and you have to do it it's just kind of a lot of cost and delay mm-hmm. Um, and 
we do revocable trusts all the time. We very rarely do wills without a revocable trust because we want to avoid probate because there's no need in most circumstances for a probate where the court has to oversee it and you have to pay money and fees and, and legal fees and all that kind of stuff to, to, to get your assets distributed. You just you put down who you trust mm -hmm. and you say this is where you want it to go and they are obligated contractually to do that or legally to do that and that, that it will get done um, without having to be a public record of, of probate and, and filing fees and publishing mm -hmm. in, the, in the, the papers and all that kind of stuff. So. And you mentioned in there quickly too that you know avoiding probate avoids some attorney's fees and correct me if I'm wrong but it's much better to pay the attorney's fees up front to get your estate plan exactly how you want it than later on people to have to pay a lot more money to that, litigate it. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. You, you know, so the two advantages get the estate plan because you do it at who you want to be in charge mm -hmm. rather than who the court appoints. But more importantly, it, it's just cheaper to have your estate plan done and then you can completely avoid probate under, under most circumstances. And, and then it, it's it, 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 it the beneficiaries of of, of estates will, or when people die will tell you that oh it's so nice that we avoided probate everything went so mm -hmm. easily and quickly as opposed to other situations where we've had to go through probate and it's just so <laughs> it takes so long and the attorneys and the costs mm -hmm. that you have to pay the court and the state and the especially the attorneys yes. <laughs> uh, are are so high you know and yeah. that's and that, that's just because attorneys get paid by time and mm -hmm. probates take time and uh, uh, and a lot of time and a lot of paperwork and, 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 and that kind of stuff so it, they have to be paid for that so this completely avoids it and, and it, it, it works really well. When do you think is the right time to start making an estate plan? Well, which is a tough question. It, I know. Of course it is. I, but it, it, it certainly it's a good idea for anybody having an estate plan. You know, I you know, if you're single and you're and you're 25 or 30, you do absolutely need one. Probably not, but it's still a good idea to have certainly a healthcare power of attorney because if you're if you're injured in an auto accident and you're in a coma, then then you 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 designate somebody that can make your medical decisions, and that can be a, a, your siblings, or your friends, or your fiance, or your wife, or, or husband. Uh, or your parents, you know, it's good idea to do that. You, you, it doesn't happen automatically. Mm -hmm. And you avoid, again, a court guardianship, which like probate is just expensive, except for the guardianship's even worse because you have to have somebody declare you incompetent, two doctors and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it, it can be a mess. So, and same with the durable power of attorney. You got somebody that can handle your financial matters and fill out paperwork and apply for social security disability or, or those kind of things. So, so it's a good idea for anybody to have those power of attorney documents. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in terms of the will, you might not, it may not matter. You might say, look at that, you know, uh, you know, I'm currently unattached. So if it goes to my parents, that's not the end of the world, mm -hmm. and that is fine. And so it, you know, that may not matter as much. Uh, but it, it also might might say, well, look at my parents don't need the money. You know, I've got, I've I've been dating this 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 boy or this girl for for four years, and I don't want her to get some of it. You know, maybe my sibling. You know, again, it's not a bad idea to make that decision. Uh, the the point where it, it becomes really important to have an estate plan is when you get either married, uh, or, or you're thinking about, or or, or certainly if you you do have kids, mm -hmm. then it's really important. 
uh, if you're even thinking about kids, it's really important because what happens is you become pregnant. The last thing you you know, you, you got all you know you got the, you know there's all sorts of stuff going on. There's uh, you know, yes. the, the woman is not feeling well and mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. When you're preparing, you're doing all the things, and the baby comes, and there's all this, this kind of stuff going on. The last thing you're look, thinking about is going to a lawyer. You know? right. So get it taken care of before that, mm -hmm. um, and and that's that's when it really becomes important. Um, and it, it, primarily because if you have kids and something, put, you know, you want to decide a number of things. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most important things is who, if, if you die, who's going to take care of your child or children? Right. If both of you die. Right. Obviously, if one of you dies, then, then that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but if you're having a child and you're not married, then it's, again, very important to have that because you've got to take care of the child and... Your, your, your spouse, you don't necessarily want your, you're the mother of your child not having your, your own assets mm -hmm. to help take care of the child, and instead they go to the parents and that becomes an issue. So, uh, but it, again, if you're married and you're having kids or, or you're planning on having kids, um, it, it, it's important that if something happens to both of you, that you designate who do you want to raise your kids. You don't mm -hmm. want to have two sides of the family fighting over who's going to raise the kids. I can't imagine uh, that would be too good for no, the kids. No, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. And two, you might not want either set of the parents to be raising your children mm -hmm. because they're older and, and I've seen a number of situations where, you know, older people are not, the, you know, I, they're, they're not awake at night to find out if one of the kids is home by curfew. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they just, there's just certain things that are very difficult for them to do as they, they get older. And you may want, instead of even involving family or one of the set of friends, you might even want your best your, your two best friends that, mm -hmm. that, that have the same values that you have to be raising your child. Mm -hmm. that, you know, rather than that one, the, the family or the parents or the siblings of, of the wife or the parents and siblings of the husband having it, you may, you may decide, you know, because again, it's, it's not placating family right. and determining who, who, who raises your children. It's what you think is in the best interest of your child and who would best raise your child. Mm -hmm. And if that's your sister or brother, that's great. If, if all things are equal and it's close, pick your sister or brother. That's fine, or one of the brothers or sisters. But if it's not close, <laughs> uh, if, if you don't think they're mature enough or yeah. they have the same value system or they don't have enough resources or whatever, it is, or your parents are too old, and the mm -hmm. same thing with the, with the, you know, the mother's side or the, or the, as well, then, then pick friends that you know will raise their child as you would raise their child, mm -hmm. and then you... You, then you can set up as part of the estate plan that the insurance would and, and other assets would go into the trust, and so they would have enough money to educate the children. They would have enough money to, you know, to pay for the soccer fees and yeah. and, <laughs> and, and, and the shoes. And the, yep. Uh, and, and soccer and, gets expensive. Uh, well, you know, well, it's worse if it's hockey. Yes. You know, but it's you know so, but that you know all you know, and if you got a kid that's a really good athlete, then you're all of a sudden you're going to mm -hmm. volleyball camp in Texas or you know, all these kind of basketball, you know, mm -hmm. AAU. There's all these kind of things that it costs money, and 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 college certainly isn't cheap. And, and, and the other thing is, is you also don't want a situation, again, this is a financial thing for the kid, I, and in my opinion, the worst thing you can do is not have a plan, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's a whole lot of money because of life insurance and, and, and other assets that are in the house and that kind of thing that grows over time, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you have a kid that, that 
the monks that weren't spent on education. So all of a sudden, he, he or she inherits $500,000 at the age of 18. And uh, can blow it. <laughs> there's, there's a recipe for disaster yeah. there. Then you've got three friends who decide they want to start a restaurant. That 500000 is just the amount they need. Yes. And boom, it's gone. Within uh, two years, the restaurant's closed down. The money's gone. Mm-hmm. And your, your son or daughter got a, a, a number of meals and, and quite a few free drinks out of it. But not, <laughs> now it's gone. Right. You know, rather than having it be there for graduate school education or to mm-hmm. finish college, uh, you know, or to, you know, to, to be there to, to help when they want to buy a house or, or when they want to need some help when they're raising the kids young and that kind of thing. So, so it, you know, we set up trusts primarily for young couples, to, for kids, and, it, and mm-hmm. it, it's easy for me to do because we I do it all the time, but it, it's very comprehensive. Yeah. And it decides, it, it, you know, in there you decide who you want to raise your children, you can always change it, it, mm-hmm. it and, and people often do uh, as they get older, and that's fine. And, but it also sets up a trust for the kids. If something happens to both parents, it sets up a trust for the kids, uh, however many there are, uh, and it, it, so that the money is utilized for their education mm-hmm. and for their health care and for their braces and for right. you know whatever might be needed. By the time you're 30, you'd say, you know, geez, I, I really would like to own a house, and yeah. it would have been nice. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm working two jobs to pay off my, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, my bills and that kind of thing. And now I've got three kids, and I wasn't ready for what the costs were and all that kind of stuff. Would have been nice to have that kind of scenario. So, mm-hmm. so you want to set up your kids financially, but you also want to make sure that you don't spoil them uh, and, and run into the wrong group. Because mm-hmm. you've got money. Everybody knows that one kid that's got money is the kid that's driving the, 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 the convertible. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a job either, so go figure. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, but he's got money. So there he let's is. Call him. You know, once the money goes, the friends are gone too. Mm-hmm. So you don't, want to, you don't want to put a kid in that position. And that doesn't mean the kids have any problems. It's mm-hmm. just they're being a normal kid. Right. If I had inherited a bunch of money when that died. Would have done the same thing. So, mm-hmm. so you want to protect them against themselves. Two questions spawning off of that for young couples. Number one, when they decide who is going to take care of their children if they both pass away, what sort of process do they have to go through to tell the other person? Do they have to tell the, the person that they designate? It can be a surprise. Yeah, they don't have to, but it's a good idea. Yeah. You know, if anything, the people will be will be you know, they'll be honored. Right. I, you know, and then it gives you the opportunity to say that, look at, you know, mm-hmm. there'll be some money there. Um, I'll get back to that in a minute. We'll talk about life insurance because that, yeah. that's very important to have. But but there'll be some money there to help take care of it. You know, if you've got to put on an addition so that they have their own bedroom, we would like you to do that. You know, yeah. if you have to move to a different neighborhood, we would like to we mm-hmm. put money in the estate plan to do that. That's part of our job as a lawyer mm-hmm. so that... The, so, so that the, the kids, so you can, you can continue to live in a good area with good schools, et cetera, and have enough room so that they're, you know, we're not cramping your three kids and our two kids in right. a three-bedroom <laughs> house, you know. So, right. so, you know, you can explain that to them and mm-hmm. explain that, you know, it's okay to spend money even though it looks like you're helping yourself out right. because you're raising your children. Right. You know, and so, so it's a good idea to, to talk through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, it's always a good idea to name one person and then name a successor right. just in case that person is 
planning on moving to Alaska or just received a cancer diagnosis or, or, or they're getting divorced. Right. They, then, they, then maybe you don't want them or they can at least decline. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a good process of telling them. Yes. Uh, and, and if it's not family members, do you talk to the family about it? I, you don't have to. Why create a why create a problem that right. that probably won't come about? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, at least you could talk to the people who you're naming and maybe the secondary people. Mm-hmm. So it, and it's a pleasant discussion. Yeah. You know, it, you know it, and and like I said, you, your people will be honored. And if they react like that, that that would be overwhelming. Then at least you know that's not the person. Right. Exactly. It you, kind of tests the waters with yeah. it. So. And I mentioned life insurance, by yeah. the way. One of the things, it's not technically part of an estate plan, but it, it, when you do an estate plan, uh, it's really, and, and I emphasize it, it's really important, you know, life insurance is, is cheap mm-hmm. for, for younger people. You should have it because you're, on one hand, you want the surviving spouse or the surviving parent, if you're not married, to have enough resources to replace your income. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not have to get two jobs, you know. All of a sudden, you got two kids, and and now and now the mother's got to work two jobs mm-hmm. uh, in order to support them. Well, that, you know that's not what you want. Um, and and so, it, it, life insurance is real important to have. The, your life insurance agents, they're going to try to sell you whole life insurance. Mm-hmm. It's not a, in my opinion, <laughs> just my opinion. I don't think it's a good idea. I think you buy life insurance not for investment purposes. Mm-hmm. But you're buying it so that if you die, either one or both of you die, you are buying it so that there's enough money there to raise your family, uh, whether it's your spouse and the kids or just the kids, however it is, you need that money there. The problem is, is life insurance agents make very little money on term insurance. Right. And they make a lot of money on whole life insurance. Yes. But then if you buy whole life insurance, you can only afford to buy a certain amount, say mm-hmm. $100,000, rather than the 500000 you need. And yeah. I'd rather have the 500000 I need. Um, and so you, you, have to, you have to fight through very persuasive insurance yes. agents who know their stuff and will explain to you that you're an absolute idiot if you don't buy a whole life insurance. Yeah. And so you have to be able to, you know, life, you, know, you have to be able to say no. <laughs> insurance agents will not like what I'm saying, but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that, that you be less concerned about how much cash value you're gonna have when you're 65, than, than you have enough proceeds if you die young to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's, that's important. Yeah. Second question mm-hmm. I have is, let's say that it's a young couple, they don't want to have children, they've made plans to not have children, and they decide if we die, we want all of our money to go to my spouse's siblings' kids. Those kids aren't necessarily alive yet. Can you bequeath things to people that aren't alive? Sure you can. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, we can, you, and sometimes you do that when you first get married. You do mm-hmm. an estate plan and it says, look, if both of us die and there are children, because if we may not change this, right. you know, it's a good idea to change it, but you might not because everybody gets busy, you know, yeah. especially when kids start coming. So, um, so you could say that, look, if we have children, this is where it goes. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have children, or in this case, if there are no nieces and mm-hmm. nephews, um, then the assets will go to blank, you know, okay. charities mm-hmm. or, or brothers and sisters or whoever you decide to, to, to name our friends or mm-hmm. foundations, all that kind of stuff. So 
you 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 could certainly set that up to have the the Smith Family Trust for the benefit of the children of mm-hmm. uh, uh, the mother's side of the of the family. Okay, you know, or, or the nieces and nephews. If there aren't any, if there's only one, then then she gets the whole thing. You know, if there's five. It's divided into five equal shares, and and mm-hmm. and, and they get it shared equally in whatever that's designed to go to them. But if there aren't any, then it goes to either the backup plan. The siblings, or yeah. if there's no kids, you might decide, well, then then we want it to go to the Humane Society or whoever mm-hmm. you might, the cancer fund or whatever, whatever you decide, or, or, or it's divided. You can, you can mix it up too. You can say that it's divided, so 10% goes to each of these five charities. Yeah. So that's 50%. And then 50% then goes to the, uh, the siblings of, of the wife or, 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 you know, or whoever you want to, or include friends and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you include the mailman. If you yeah. want, you know, that, that you can put yeah, in a nice surprise for a mailman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't include your lawyer. That will get us in trouble. <laughs> so we don't want that. No, we do not want yeah. that. <laughs> You've mentioned a couple of times changing your estate plan. Is there a limit on how many times you can change it? And then a follow-up to that is, how complicated does that make that when you die? Well, actually, what we do, it, 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 it's not complicated at all. When, when we set up a full plan, we've got everything in place. So it's, it, it's a, it's a pour-over will, which means everything, that if you don't have a title in the name, the trust pours over into the trust. A revocable trust that says, look, at it, if, we, if one of us dies, this is where the assets go, both mm-hmm. of us die. This is where the assets go, whether to the kids or the nieces, nephews, wherever it is. So that's the revocable trust. And then you have the healthcare power of attorney, the financial power of attorney, and some other documents that help us achieve our goals. Um, so if you want to change any of them, the revocable trust is, is, we design it very easily. And we do a lot of them where if you want to make a relatively minor change, like change who the guardian is or... Not that, that that's not minor because that's a big decision, but it's an easy change from a right. document standpoint. Or if you want to change, you know, who, you know, who's going to be the trustee and, and handle the monetary parts, or or if you want more instead of it going to all to these nephews, you also want there to be something that goes to this charity or something like that. Then what we do is you call up, we have a discussion on the phone, we do an amendment to the revocable trust, we email it to you. You go get it notarized, mm-hmm. you send us back a copy, you keep the original, you're done. So it, it, it's easy to change. You know, some clients have made 12, 11 or 12 changes over the years. You know? So eventually we kind of do a whole, we restate the whole thing right. so it looks a little bit better. Uh, and sometimes if it's a major change, we do what's known as a restated and amended revocable trust. So that if the real estate's in the name of the trust, we don't have to change that. It's just we're revising the language, and, and, it, and so it gets less complicated than going through six or seven different changes that people have made over the years. Yes. You know? yes. so, uh, so it's very easy to change. Uh, and like I said, if there's a wholesale change, it's good just to do, and, and it might be that, that you have a falling out with somebody that you've named, and, mm-hmm. and, and that happened, and that's probably a good idea to revoke everything and, and, yes. and do a new deal, and we do that once in a while as well, or quite often, quite frankly, you know. And people, people, you know, family, friends, they, they get into, they get into disputes, and and uh, so it's a, it's always a good idea, and that's a good idea to change your documents. If you have a falling out with who you've named as your guardian yes. or your trustee or your beneficiary, it's a good it's a good idea to change that. So so, it, but it's easy to do. Great. And, and and you don't have to do it very often, uh, but if things change, then you, then you might want to think about it. You know, for same for guardian. You know, mm-hmm. you know it. it 
we have a lot of situations where somebody names their sister in, uh, you know, in Memphis, you know, as their guardian. And, and, that, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If, that. if that's the best person to raise your kids, there's nothing wrong with that. On the other hand, once the kids are in middle school or high school, you know, you might, you know, the worst thing, it could be, the worst, you don't want your kids to be uprooted and move to Memphis and get away from all right. their friends when they just lost both of their parents. Right. So, you know, you might want to consider somebody local at that time. So, so there's, you know, you're going to change these documents over time, but there's no set rule that you have to do it every five years or anything. It's just when there's a significant change in circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then when you get older, when you're you're like me, you get older, you have to then you have to make changes for other reasons, and and that's for protecting of assets in case one of you would have to go to a nursing home, or for tax reasons, or uh, or to protect assets in case one person dies and the other one might be get remarried, and so you don't want the assets to go to somebody else's kids, you know, right. you know <laughs> and that kind of thing. So so we have. A, plans and strategies to involve that. You know, with, with younger people, generally, unless there's a lot of money involved, you don't do those asset protecting mm -hmm. things. But I, if there is a lot of money involved, then you might want to have some other strategies that if one spouse dies, uh, you recognize that the, the, the other spouse is, is likely to get remarried. And right. so sometimes you might want to have a trust be designed a little bit differently to protect those assets so we make sure that they are utilized for the benefit of the, of the children of the first marriage and you know or at least a large part of them mm -hmm. uh, so that if, if, if you know if the wife dies and the husband marries somebody that doesn't have a whole lot of money but has three kids yeah. you know <laughs> now that's a concern mm -hmm. you know and so you might so you can protect against that as well but but Again, that's 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 a little complicated, and and that probably involves more money than, uh, than, uh, you know, if you have a fair amount of money, then you might want to consider that aspect. But if right. if most of your money is in your house and your life insurance, mm -hmm. I, you probably don't need to do that at this point. But you might later on in life. It's time for the definition of the day. This is a word oh, you picked. I don't know if you remember this. I, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> what is a taxable gift? Okay. Well, <laughs> You're laughing because you don't remember right, telling me this not, was going to no, be your word. <laughs> no, I don't. No. A taxable gift is, is, is a situation where you give some money, and, and it's and very rare because it, it, the amounts have gone up so much, that we're, you know, we have a situation where or, or a system of taxation where if you die and you have over either if you're a single person over 11.4 million or, or you know or, or if you're married to over 23 million in that area that you have to pay estate taxes of 35 percent in that mm -hmm. area okay so that's that's called the estate taxes again it's only for the very valid very wealthy people mm -hmm. um, and and so it, it doesn't affect many people but you, if you make a gift, that knocks that down. In other words, if if, if I made a gift of twelve million million dollars, even though I haven't died, to I would, me, yes, of course. Well, of course, I would have to. I first of all have that. But <laughs> but if I had that twelve million and I made a gift to you, I'm over my eleven four, so I'd have to pay some estate slash gift tax. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a gift that I haven't died, I still have to pay that because they're 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 
the state, you know, they're under the same umbrella. Mm -hmm. You know, so that a taxable gift is is something that incurs a tax, but you you really don't. And I'm oversimplifying it, but you really don't have that unless you get over that amount. Right. Now, some people focus on this fifteen thousand dollars used to be ten. Mm -hmm. Now it's fifteen thousand dollars, and that anything over that you can't give a gift over that, or, or else it would be taxable. And that's and that's a misnomer. Okay. You can make a gift of twenty-five thousand dollars. The fifteen thousand dollars is there's no impact. The the extra ten is technically a taxable gift, but all okay. it does is it reduces your eleven point four million Got by ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and you have to file a gift tax. So there's no tax to be paid. So you can give as much money as you want to a person or persons, mm -hmm. uh, but that fifteen thousand dollar per person doesn't it means that you don't have to file. If it's less than fifteen thousand dollars for that year, you don't have to file a gift tax return. But either way, you don't have to pay gift or estate taxes or income taxes on it at all. So that taxable gift is kind of a, a misunderstood item, More and, and apparently a forgotten item at times. So. <laughs> Just once in a while. <laughs> well, thank you, Dennis, so much for sitting down with us. Okay. I I certainly learned a lot about yeah. what you need for an estate plan, and I'm sure everyone else did too. Okay, thank you. Let's get to know GRGB paralegal Steve Land. Steve is a State Bar of Wisconsin certified paralegal and has been helping GRGB clients maneuver through times of uncertainty since 1987. He enjoys the diversity of his work and loves the challenge of finding solutions to seemingly unsolvable puzzles. Steve is highly skilled in many areas of law and particularly adept in all facets of family litigation, state administration, and real estate transactions. Steve Lant, something that a lot of people don't know about you and that I didn't know about you until recently is you're kind of a handyman. Kind of being the <laughs> operative word there. And you recently did your own deck, right? I have done my own deck. I built a pergola over it. Wow. And I love my deck. I love okay. to sit on my deck in the evening and have perhaps an adult beverage and, and relax. And you know that you built it. I did. Well, and it's still standing. <laughs> that is more impressive than anything I've ever built, that's for sure. <laughs> what other sorts of things do you like to do around the house? Well, lately I've started to get into cabinet work, and I recently built a new entertainment center cabinet, and I'm now in the process of making the top, which is made from one piece of ash tree Ooh. that's six feet long, two inches thick, and about two feet deep, so it's one large piece of wood. Well, so do you chop down the wood too, or? Unfortunately, or fortunately, <laughs> I should say, did not chop down the tree, <laughs> but I am sanding it down, finishing it, and I'm putting uh, putting the oil finish on it. Do you have a, a wood workshop? Do, where are you doing all this work? Yeah, it's, it's called my garage. And your wife hasn't <laughs> hasn't killed you yet? She hasn't yet, <laughs> but I think she's coming close because my big slab of wood has been there for a few weeks now. Uh-oh. Well, we got to get that moved. We do. <laughs> <laughs> what other projects do you like to do? Uh, I just putter around the yard, mm -hmm. work on the gardens. We have a vegetable garden. We have a, a pool in the backyard. So Quite a, a lot to do. I do have a lot to do. My weekends are full. I... I bet. I bet. Well, it sounds like you are much more advanced than my IKEA furniture, so 
I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> and there is no IKEA furniture in my house. <laughs> well, thanks, Steve, for taking a couple minutes to tell us more about yourself. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Zealous. This series is brought to you by Gimbel, Riley, Garen, and Brown, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you think you need a lawyer, contact us at grgblaw.com. Tune in for our next episode where we talk with one of the newest GRGB attorneys, Jorge Fragoso. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode of Zealous.